All right, folks, welcome to Nino's Corner.tv. We're going to talk to a man on my show, Brad Olson, who's been to Antarctica, and he's going to just, <laughs> he's going to send a missile into all the flat earthers' asses right now. So, folks, but before we get started, before we get started, Virtual Shield 1, Virtual Shield 1, even though 2023 just started, Americans have already lost over $5.8 billion to crypto crimes like fraud and identity theft. This is why I've been using today's sponsor, Virtual Shield 1, for the past year, and absolutely love it, folks. I do use it, and I do love it. These aren't lies. Thanks to Virtual Shield 1, my identity is monitored and protected from data breaches, advertisers, and cyber criminals. This advanced identity theft protection suit provides 24-7 peace of mind and protection. It's easy to use, protects your entire family, and comes with a massive 1 million insurance policy. 1 million insurance policy. Uh, to start monitoring and protecting your identity, protect yourself starting now with 78% off discount for life. Use my link in the description below, folks. Every time uh, or every sign up using that link, you will get a 60-day total risk-free trial of Virtual Shield 1. It's worth it. I have it on my phone. Well worth it, folks. Give it a shot. Once again, that's Virtual Shield 1. Go to the link below, folks, and hit it. Hit the link below. All right, Brad. Brad, Brad, Brad. I've been wanting to do this interview. This is awesome. All roads lead to Antarctica. Let's get into it. Um, first of all, you know, I've, I've listened to a lot of stuff on, like, YouTube. You know, that's my go-to place when I research. And uh, I listen to a lot of Admiral Bird stuff. Listen to some Flat Earth stuff. I'm not claiming I know anything. Okay, I don't. I, I just no, I've never been. To, I don't. I think the moon landing is a joke. I I really do believe that was fake. That's just my opinion. But I question: Are we living on a flat Earth? Are we living on an obtuse Earth? Is it round? I know a lot of the NASA photos of Earth are CGI. I know, I know a lot of the things that NASA tells us is not true. But you've been there. You've been to Antarctica, and you have a lot of t- you have a lot to say about that. So first of all, thank you for joining me. Hey, David, it's great to be on Nino's Corner. Great to talk to you again. And uh, yeah, when I heard your Benjamin Fulford interview a couple weeks ago, you made the comment, all roads lead to Antarctica. And I do agree with that. And there are many mysteries down there. But there's also a lot of rumors that need to be dispelled, such as Flat Earth. And we'll get into that because I set foot on Antarctica and I have right here on my phone a whole bunch of Can you show us a picture real quick? Yeah, you bet. So let's just go right into it so I don't lose my screen. So this is where we had to go to the Argentinian Navy office to get stamped out. So the Argentinian Navy was watching us. This is one weird thing about going down there. So four years ago, I was on a sailboat with uh, 13 Poles, and it was a Polish vessel from Gdansk, Poland, called Chief One, and three Americans, including myself. So 16 of us on a 70 two foot sailboat and we got stamped to go into Argentina to go down to Ushuaia where about 90% of all boat traffic leaves for the continent including giant cruise ships and everybody has to get stamped out of Argentina but you never get stamped back in anywhere in in Antarctica and so when we came back 26 days later we got stamped back into Argentina and then eventually left stamped out so four stamps going around and around. And so this was us just before we left. And this was uh, crossing the Drake Passage. We hit very rough seas. Things were just flying all over. I was going to ask you, how how treacherous was this journey? And how long is this journey into Antarctica? I bet it's brutal. It is brutal. And the journey, take it took us uh, 92 hours. So that's just a little under four days. The first day was crossing through the Beagle Channel, which was named from Charles Darwin's voyage on the the Beagle ship that he was on. And it was all fine. There were dolphins swimming along, jumping along the ship and say, hey, this is going to be a pleasure cruise. We're on a great trip here. Boy, we turned the channel to go out from uh, Terra del Fuego down into the Southern Ocean and those waves turned into, I'm not exaggerating, three-story tall waves, not the kind that were crashing against the boat, and some of them did, but just 
huge swells oh. and i was we each had to take turns on watch and i was on watch and i'm thinking oh we are so majorly screwed but the boat would just rise right up and then you'd look around and like oh wow look over there there's some uh, albatross flying by wow and then down into the trough again so what you can a imagine visual, how, man man we all got seasick uh and it took 90 something how many hours so uh 92 hours that's From just where was days. your start point ushuaia argentina and we dropped anchor in uh, King James or uh, King George Island, which is uh, one of the islands off of the Palmer Peninsula, and that was the extent of where we we're sailing to for uh, fifteen full days. And then it took us six days to sail back because we're going against the wind, so we had to tack back and forth. You know about sailing. You can't go directly into the wind. You got to go sideways and then back again. How, how big was your boat? 90, uh, 72 feet. Oh show my you a gosh. And those here. swells were enormous. Yeah. Really enormous. I mean, oh my gosh. What a story, man. So when you go to Antarctica, let's see this. That's the chief one. Wow. That's at a better angle on the side. <laughs> well, okay. So, okay. So there is no ice wall. No. So, so the very first thing we saw, David, was these giant pieces of ice that broke off from the ice shelves. So we've heard of the Ross Ice Shelf, Larson, A and B. Yes, there are 30 story tall ice shelves. And that's the first thing we saw sailing in. And there's no doubt that uh, these ice shelves would appear to be a wall, but they're not a wall there. You can go underneath. In fact, it's the uh, this is a better shot of the boat. That's my home for oh my uh gosh. Just yeah. how cold was it there, Brad? Well, so some of the some of the uh misconceptions about Antarctica is it's always freezing, always cold. We did the polar plunge. We jumped in <laughs> and got to uh, swam with the penguins among the icebergs. Yeah, it was cold, but there were days we were just up on the deck of the boat getting a suntan and stuff. It wasn't that freezing. So uh it, it can be uh very cold and it was certain times but here's my buddy luke from uh seattle he's oh my uh, gosh doing, doing a handstand the shirt off yeah so you know some days we're just uh so but there's some places in antarctica you're not allowed to go right i mean it's a huge continent well that there that's right so 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 that is one of the misconceptions that you can't go down there that's what benjamin fulford said and that compelled me to write to you and say look we, we got to talk about this because i was down there i mean i set foot here is continental antarctica uh going right up to it they're mountains very dramatic mountains uh they reminded me of the maroon bells outside of aspen colorado just sheer granite cliffs and uh, i was reading in a lonely planet there's actually a lonely planet book just on antarctica 256 pages some of these peaks have still not been climbed wow or named it really is a land of mystery down there and I mean, when I watch uh, so, some of when I listen to some of Admiral Byrd stuff on YouTube, and supposedly that came from his diary, is it possible there's crystal cities down there, untapped civilizations? So, uh, maybe could there be aliens there? I mean, there's so many questions I have in my mind. Well, and, and you're you're very good in making those questions because there is a ginormous hole in the ice just uh, about 15 miles away from the South Pole, from my best estimation. Try going on Google Earth to find it. You won't, because what they do is put a masking layer over and a real sloppy job at it. You'll see the contour colors of the ice and then just a rectangular white screen. Just, nope, can't see what's here. Wow. But they show us other things that are just so fascinating, like what appear to be lost civilization, what appear to be a massive craft under the ice. And I'm here at the uh, Sedona Ascension Retreat. It just started today. There's my badge. And I'm doing my talk on Antarctica about all the old maps, but also the hidden anomalies of Antarctica. And there are so many. But we have to really set the stage that this is a continent down there. Okay, It's the fifth largest continent of the world, and it's the most volcanically active. 91 known volcanoes with the propensity of creating large domes underneath the ice, right? Because if it's hot down there, it's going to melt the ice. So 
to to if you wanted to hide somewhere on this planet, the deepest depths of the ocean and under the ice of Antarctica would be the best place to go where nobody's going to see you, nobody's going to bother you. And with this geothermal heat, you could actually have a fairly pleasant environment down there. So the, could there be like, like, obviously there has to be like hot springs. There has to be areas yeah. in Antarctica that are very uh, habitable, right? I mean, is it is it far-fetched to say that there could be green mountains and areas that we're just not allowed to see? Well, that is what Admiral Byrd wrote in his diary when he flew into this giant hole. And he was the first to discover it. So you got to understand, Admiral Byrd had been to Antarctica several times. So was it the was, hole that they're blocking off on the Google Maps? Correct. Wow. Yep. yep, yep, yep. Now we're now we're getting to the real meat of the matter because Admiral Byrd discovered it as the first flight over the South Pole. He saw it. It's really hard to miss. And my colleague, Linda Moulton Howe, I just saw her last month at Conscious Life Expo. We were both speakers, had a sit down with her. And she she had a one of her whistleblowers named Brian S who describes it in detail because he was doing flights in Antarctica out of McMurdo to the South Pole, bringing supplies or personnel. They had to do an emergency evac and were ordered to fly around the no-fly zone because they say they're doing these experiments out there and, and the exhaust of a plane would mess things up. So they give you an excuse for it. They needed to get to this Davis base, the Australian base in a hurry for the sake of someone's life. And they defied the orders and flew over the no-fly zone. And there's where they saw the hole. Several miles across is how he described it. Another No idea where this leads to. It could go, well, could this go is, into a hollow earth. This is the nature of Admiral Byrd's diary, which he gave to his son, who has done interviews and published his book. Admiral Byrd went back there right after high jump. So they got defeated in the Battle of High Jump. We'll go into the details of what that was all about in a sec. But he was asked to go with his radio man to fly back to the South Pole, enter into the hole. And that's where they saw this verdant green valley, as well as large extinct mammals, such as a woolly mammoth and other creatures that haven't walked the surface of the earth. Still alive. Still alive. And he wrote how surprised he was. to First, he said, it looks like an elephant. And then he identified it as a woolly mammoth. Still alive, still living down there. Then Admiral Byrd was summoned to meet the master. But before he got there, he's flying in, and him and his radio man are just blown away. And then two craft come on the side of his wings and they took control of the flight away from him and just guided him into this crystal city as he described it. Kind of like, I guess, the Emerald City from Wizard of Oz, if we want to imagine what it would have looked like. They landed him. The pilots came out and greeted him with German accents. And they had Nazi insignias on their plane and also on their badges. They walked in to have a meeting with the master. And keep in mind, this is in... Uh, Late 1946, so the bombs at Hiroshima and Nagasaki were just dropped. And the master said, we're very concerned about humans having atomic weapons. We summoned you to come here so I could say we're very concerned about this. And this is going to be a big problem if you keep blowing these things off. Knowing that Admiral Byrd was a high-ranking military man, they said, we want you to go back to your superiors and let them know that we're very concerned about these nuclear bombs. And then they let him go and he walked right out and he met his radio man. They got back in the plane. They were escorted out by the two craft again. Then Bird got control of the plane, flew out of the hole and back to Little America, the base in which they came from. And there are three hours of missing time on his log. And if you know about flying, you always fly with just the amount of supplies and fuel you need. So to go an extra three hours and just go blip off the radar was very alarming to the people that were watching this flight but then he got back safely and uh when they were sailing back to america admiral bird made the statement to a chilean journalist to say not to frighten anybody but we will be confronted with an enemy that can fly pole to pole at incredible speeds wow and that got him in a lot of trouble and right away as soon as they got back to america he was whisked away and and uh, not allowed to say anything. No, 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 no. 
Nope, he couldn't talk so about these these, these these beings that he met in Antarctica. Were they people or were they humanoid yeah. extraterrestrials? Humanoids. But but he, but they spoke German. So well, those were the escorts. So those were the soldiers. But the master himself, uh, he said, was very human like, but was also telepathic. And this was the message that he got: the summoning to come to speak to this this master who presumably is still there and still alive. And he said he was very old, but very elegant in his speech and the way he looked. I've heard, you know, stories about the, the are, would I be right in calling them Nordics? Tall Nordics? You would you, be. You know, because yeah. I've, I've also heard about uh, Charles Hall, who worked in Nevada. Yep. Have you heard about yep. Charles Hall? Oh, of course. About the, the tall Nordics that would land at the base there and, Kind of explore, walk around, and then take off. I mean, these are very, and they would, and they, the older they got, the taller they got, and that's then right. they got so tall that they couldn't support their organs, and that's right. how they would die. Over like they would live to like five to eight hundred years old, right? Yeah, and it's in an area called Area Fifty Four, right outside of Vegas, on the other way uh, north by Indian Wells, and we went out and camped out there a couple of years ago to do a sky watch. Didn't see any uh, UFOs, but a lot of military craft, including uh, getting buzzed by the black helicopters. They knew we were there, but we were on BLM land. We weren't doing anything illegal. But just down valley is where Charles Hall was posted. And then the next valley over is presumably the base of the white, tall, tall whites who have been here for a long, long time. So they have jurisdiction, let's just say, or a right to be here just as we do. Right. So this right. is their workaround of the prime directive. Same thing with reptilians. Same thing with the greys. They were born here and they are in many ways earthlings like we are not a same species. But because they're of Earth, they therefore have the right to do what they want to do and don't have to uh, stick to that prime directive. But they've been messing with humans for so damn long that uh, it's time that we realize that we, the human race, are the guardians of the surface of the planet Earth. So what's your thoughts on, on, on all these politicians? Like you see John Kerry, you saw McCain. Yeah. They were all headed down to Antarctica at one point. I think they still are going there. What are they going to look at? Are they meeting with these beings, you think, and getting direction and, and getting directives, getting instructions? That's what I kind of think. I'm like, there's obviously something going on. Why are they going to Antarctica? What is so important? What do they need to go down there to do? I mean, I, what, what's your thoughts on that? What, what, yeah, why are they I, going there? I, I talk about this in my presentation. John Kerry on election day with Hillary Clinton and uh, Donald Trump when he won in 2016. On election day, John Kerry is in Antarctica. So he fl flew into McMurdo. And I have friends that work at the base. I have a friend, Eric Hecker, who lived at uh, South Pole for one year. And we all compare notes and talk about it because it's so very few of us who have actually ever been down there. So John Kerry shows up at McMurdo just uh, uh, right around the time that Trump wins that very historic election. He goes missing for several days. Where he went, nobody knows, but presumably to one of these under ice bases. Then he comes back and then he flies out. You know, Buzz Aldrin was also down there at the same time, second man supposedly on the surface of the earth. And I actually met Buzz and I confronted him. I met him at a travel show about 15 years ago and kind of was hovering around. He's like, who's this tall guy following me? After a while? And I, I go, hey, Buzz, is it true that orbs entered the uh, capsule? And he just gave me this steely eyed look. <laughs> confirm, he didn't deny, but I kind of took that as a, a confirmation. But you're right that they did fake quite a bit of those photos. There's I, a whole I, I have a hard room. time believing it just because, yeah. I don't know, you could hardly get three cable channels back then and yeah, right. i don't get wi-fi in new mexico so i'm just <laughs> saying like i don't know i listen i'm open to anything but i don't believe we went to the moon i think there was a lot of reason to fake it do i think we've been to the moon i think sp secret space projects yeah oh, i think yeah. so i i think that yes but i think what we saw on tv was eh, just my opinion though so yeah. do you think these beings in antarctica are they after our best interests or are we in conflict with them that's my question because i know Human beings are polluting the earth. We're causing a lot of problems. Um, but I think there's a way to fix that. Or do you think they're behind this nefarious agenda to to wipe human beings out? And and uh, do you think what's what side are you do you think they're on the black hat side or the white hat side is my question. Who are they serving? Or, or are we serving them? 
Well, we have been serving them for many millennia. They like to stay out of the spotlight. They like to just pull the strings and have us human puppets do their bidding. But they have manipulated the human race for too long. And now they are being taken off planet. So Benjamin Fulford is correct in that. Wait, wait, who's being taken off planet? The malevolent ETs, that being the reptilians and the greys. They're so not they're being taken yet. off. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Because they've messed with us for too long. And it's time for the human race to ascend and reach our rightful place as guardians of the surface of this planet. Now, there is an inner earth. I mean, we've had uh, discussions with Gene Decode and his all his intel about the uh, underground bases. I know Juan Osavin has talked about that, that as well. And both of them, those gentlemen as well, have come out against this whole flat earth notion that it is a giant psyops that has been put out there to throw us off. Explain that. Ex- sure. Well, first of all, if you believe that Antarctica is a continent, you can't believe in the flat earth because what they'll do is use the, the two-dimensional plane of the earth. So the UN does that. And they say, there's a proof. They're putting it right, right out there. But look, we need to have immutable laws of this world of nature. We can't just throw everything out and say, oh, it's all fake. Yeah, a lot of it is fake. And we know the CIA and other alphabet agencies have been putting up the Biden show and all this fakery all around us. But there are things that are actually real and we have to abide by these laws of nature, the laws of physics. And so by by making the flat earth an issue that we're going to argue over is an elaborate waste of time because you're never going to get anywhere, right? And that's why I think as according to Wano Savan, DARPA produced these very slick videos. Remember about 10, 15 years ago, you never heard about flat earth. There was nobody in this community ever talking about it. And boom, all of a sudden these videos come out. Look, we know the production costs of what it takes to make these very slick videos to the tune of millions of dollars. And that's what Juan said, that, that millions of dollars were put into this. But where did they get the money, right? Okay, you can print out a thin air, sure. But who are the real masters or pulling the strings? The Let's say the colonels or the captains reporting to the generals, who I believe have been these malevolent reptilian ET races. That have run the planet for thousands and thousands of years. Thousands and thousands of years. And then when you look at the Western structure, the empire of three cities, that being Washington, D.C., that being the city of London with finance, and that being the Vatican City. So all roads lead to Rome when it comes to control of the Western world. Who is the who is the force behind Rome? It's the Jesuits. And the Jesuits were the ones that gave DARPA the money to produce these films, to get us talking about nonsense, arguing over it ad infinitum. And it's really the Jesuits who are pulling a lot of these strings and uh i would love to hear uh, juan's opinion about where that money came from because they use biblical terms all the time oh it's the firmament over the earth that's a term out of the bible when they spoke about the flat earth so they trick us with this whole notion that the Would world firmament, firmament around the planet like a, i've heard different things i've heard that this is a prison planet I've heard that our souls get trapped here and we are reincarnation process in the reincarnation process that that firmament or that dome around the planet is actually a grid to trap us here. I mean, is there any truth to that a dome or a firmament or anything like that in your in your mind? Well, my latest book is called Beyond Esoteric Escaping Prison Planet. So I'm very uh, attuned to the whole idea. Wow, of I didn't even know planet. that. Yeah, and I got to send you a copy afterwards. I'll get your address and shoot you off one. Because in in this construct of a prison planet, yes, our souls are recycled. You get swat, your memory swiped. That's why people can't remember their past lives or it takes a lot of effort to bring that out. Uh, But you could go through your entire life and not even know it. And you're coming right on back. So the whole idea when you pass away, and you see the light at the end of the tunnel, that's the trap. Oh, you're not boy. supposed to go to the That's light. what I've heard. Yeah. What you're supposed to do is say, Om, or take me home. 
and home is with your soul group. Do not go to the light. And of course, it takes a presence of mind to remember that in a very traumatic, out-of-your-body experience, which we're all going to have someday. But this is in the Tibetan Book of the Dead. It's also in the Egyptian Book of the Dead about how to prepare for the afterlife. And th this is why it's a prison planet, because we don't get taught any of this stuff. And you know, we should have been going but to- But now that uh, we're getting rid of the- So the prison planet is controlled, would you say, by the reptilians? Yes, Ma malevolent ET. And let's just define our terms a little bit, because the malevolent ETs are service to self. They have their own agenda. They just do it. We're cattle to them. We're just chattel. We're just a material good that they can exploit for adrenochrome, organ harvesting- our blood, all sorts of things, as we do it to livestock. Exactly. Right? We're just part of the process. We're just Correct. Yeah. And if, and if you consider that there are benevolent ETs that would never do that to us, would never abduct us against our will or hurt us or take us off planet into some slave system, that has to be service to self ETs because the benevolent ones are service to others. And they are here to help us ascend, but they don't want to be our nannies. They don't want to come down here and hold our hands because what will we do? Oh, you're our God. Now we would elevate them to that kind of status where they want us to figure it out ourselves, but they'll help us in very subtle ways. And that is why the government is getting ready to push this fake alien confrontation. Right. Maybe they'll come down to be saviors. They'll save us from world war three. I don't know how they're going to play it, but they're, they're, they're obviously moving fast forward into this, right? I mean, this fake alien card is getting ready to be played. You, you got it absolutely right. It's called Project Bluebeam. It's been known about since the early 1970s when none other than the paperclip Nazi Werner von Braun himself, who I have a picture in my book, Future Esoteric, of him with Himmler and other SS officers. I mean, he should have been on the Nuremberg trials. But what happens? He get whisked over here to the U.S. to start up NASA. And there's pictures of him and Kennedy looking at some of the Mercury rockets taken off and the Apollo missions. But in the end, on his deathbed, he had a conscience. And he told his assistant, Carol Rosen, he said, Carol, the last card of this cabal, the last card they're going to play is this fake alien invasion. And don't believe it because everything is fake. They're going to do it with holograms. There's going to be this big space opera in the sky. And he said, Carol, you just have to tell people it is going to be fake. And we see the opening salvos of it right now, David, yep. with the Chinese balloons flying over and we're shooting down UFOs. And all of a sudden the media is always so interested in UFOs. Well, where were they for the last 75 years? Right. Since Roswell. Right. And then, and then uh, Lester Holt comes out talking about a mothership that just entered our solar system. They're really going for this. Like yes, it's, it's you know, you would, when I brought this up to people five years ago, they're like, ah, ha, ha, whatever. I'm like, now I'm watching it play out. I'm like, ah, told you, yep. told you so. Yep. People are going to buy this hook, line, and seeker. They will indeed. And when you consider how sophisticated holographic technology is, look, Michael Jackson and Tupac are on tour as holograms. And you go I've to the show it. and it looks exactly like them. They're very realistic. Not only that, David, but they have voice to skull technology too. So they can put voice 2019. He said they're going to do Project Bluebeam 2024. And we're seeing the opening salvos, the predictive programming. Oh, there's these weather balloons flying over the country. No, they're not. Are you kidding me? We could have shot that stuff down long before it got to our international borders. But they're just setting the stage to say, look, these things are coming in and we can't control it, but we're going to try to shoot them down. Are you kidding me? You're not shooting down a UFO. They have the force field screen. And this is what Admiral Byrd encountered in the battle of high jump. They tried to shoot these craft down that came up out of the water and they, in a show of force, they could have wiped out the whole fleet, but they just took out one boat and just laser beamed it in half with a dew weapon and sunk it to the sea. It was the USS Murdoch, great loss of life. And it was to say, hey, take this back to your friends in these uh, countries. It wasn't just America. It was the other allied nations in World War II that were part of Operation High Jump. And that's so is why. This, is this the last attempt for the reptilians to try to control Earth? 
I mean, since yeah. I mean, you, we're getting rid of them, right? I mean, that's what you said. We're we're making them exit the planet. So, what is this last? Is this a last grasp for control, or what is this? Who's behind this? Well, so first they're going to do, and and there's a couple steps, and I do outline it in my new book, Beyond Esoteric, uh, on several pages, how Project Bluebeam rolls out, and we're already seeing the very first stages coming out. So that earthquake in Turkey a month ago. That was right by the very famous ancient site, Gobekli Tepe, okay? Mm-hmm. One of the earliest sites of the world. So there, there is this display of uh, technology, the, the harp technology that can create earthquakes, which that was a manufactured earthquake at a great loss of life. They don't care. That's chattel. That's uh, collateral damage to them. Then there's going to be some great revelations, such as finding giant bones, or they just want to rock our world. So we don't know what to believe in anymore. This is setting the stage for this alien invasion thing. And I know a bunch of these super soldiers, even Randy Kramer, who says, actually, we kind of need to do this because we need the scare event. Like uh, Q says, you need to have that event to wake people up. And because they have technology beyond our wildest dreams now in these programs and how do you roll it out? How do you say, well, we've been lying to you guys for three decades. We actually have anti-gravity craft. We have zero point energy. We have free energy. Uh, but so we're fighting back these alien attacks like Independence Day. We're going to save the world. But all the while, it's just one big fake show. So these giant bones, I mean, giants did inhabit the planet, correct? I mean, yes. I mean, and then you want so. So what significance are they going to have in this when they when they start gearing up for this alien invasion? How are they going to bring in the giants into the equation? Well, it may not just be giants. It could be something else, maybe a, a reptilian body or something just to rock our world and shake our foundations, our belief systems to the core. And the, and the, the idea is if we just don't know what to believe anymore, what is true, like fake earth, we're just arguing over things that uh, we don't know much about, then people are going to be a lot more open to this idea of a fake alien invasion and a second coming hologram in the sky of Jesus telling us uh, what to do. Go to a FEMA camp or something like that, right? So you see the motive behind it, right? And what Werner von Braun was saying, this is how they usher in the new world order. And And the one world religion. And one there will come a day when all these plans start to come to the surface and you'll be able to see them for what they are right in front of your eyes. And what about the people it? that don't buy into this though? Like me or like you that we're going to be like, Oh gosh, it's going to well, look really pathetic to us. People and, to like my, us. and to the people that watch us now, you know, folks, this is going to look really stupid to you because we know the gig is up. What happens to us? Well, people like us are already prepping. People like us are prepared to live off the grid. People like us, have land and water and supplies and a friend group around us. And we're just going to wait it out. And yeah, it's going to be really interesting. We'll probably all be in our backs backyards with a cocktail watching the great sky show, but knowing that it's fake. And that's the important point here. You know, know they, did this, they did this brilliantly. Yeah. Yeah. And you can see it rolling out right now before our eyes. And some of the stars of ancient alien, William Henry, I just saw him a few minutes ago. He's here and, but I know all of them, Giorgio, David Atcher, Childress, good friend of mine. And right. Yeah. But you got to be a little skeptical about all this stuff and then see that there's often a motive behind it. You know, the old Hegelian dialectic problem, reaction, solution. They do that over and over and over again. And that's how you know it's a false flag. Let me ask you this, because I've said this many times, and I know they're going to use prominent personalities in the UFO community to push this shit. And I know, I don't know who, I'm not going to name names, I don't know, but I've been told some names, and I won't say it on here. But do you believe they're going to use people within the UFO community to push this? There we are. There's people that are going to buy, they're going to buy into this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, people you know personally, you think? I know personally. And and I've had. Smack them and say, wake up, or do you want me to do it? Well, let's I'll do it. it this way, David. If you're making uh, six figures for going on tour or getting on some of these shows, and, I, and I've been on Ancient Aliens a couple episodes, and they they give you a script. 
to read. I'm not just pointing out ancient aliens. I've been on other shows too. The truth is out there and book of secrets. They'll give you, and this is my experience shows, they'll give you a list of questions. So you're, you're actually supposed to come up with an answer, but here's the thing. They want you to answer the way they want you to answer. And if you don't, you end up on the cutting room floor and you don't even make the episode sometimes. So you cannot deviate too far from the script here. And it's all scripted, right? So I know my buddy, Sean Ryan is looking for a guy like you to go on a show. I don't know if you're familiar with the Sean Ryan show. No, but I'd be happy to uh, got millions of followers. That just popped in my head. Sorry, audience. That just popped in my head. Remind <laughs> me after the show because yeah. I got to connect you with him. So all the stuff that's culminating right now, don't you think, though, that, okay, now I want to get your opinion on this because I'm very curious. Trump. Where does Trump fit into this? Good, bad? Is he playing a part? Um, is he? Did he throw a monkey wrench in the Some of the strings at the, the highest, highest. Yeah, yeah. At the I, highest level. Right. But this this video is obviously, I'm going to put this video on ninoscorner.tv and YouTube but it'll be edited on YouTube folks. Um, so what, where do you think he fits in? Do you think maybe, and I've thought about this many times, like, do you think this all happens before the next election? Do you think this alien threat happens yeah. before and then it throws everything off, ca- cancels the yeah. election? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow. Summer, summer 24 is when I'm predicting blue beam, but we're going to, we're going to have the setup till then. So we need the financial crash to happen. And Michael Jaco's here at the conference right now. And he had a video that came out last week and said, next week, we're going to see fireworks in the financial field. And I agree with him. It's going to be a great depression 2.0 on steroids. Like we've never seen. So once again, to your audience, you got to be prepared for this because right. this, what happens if everything uh, everybody's uh, bank accounts go zero or you can't access your funds. It's already happening in crypto and other fields. Everybody's just going to have what they have, right? And if you hadn't prepared for this moment, you're going to be very vulnerable. So then just like the way they wiped out the American Indians by t- killing all the buffalo and getting them off the land until they're starving. Okay, then come to the fort. What's the fort today? It's the FEMA camps. Where can you get food? Look, if you're starving, you'll do anything. If you're not prepared, right? They're gonna have food lines, is what I'm hearing. But do you think this is gonna? Already. But do you think this is gonna have? How long do you think this is gonna last? Do you think it's just like a couple of weeks, months, years? Do we not even know? Yeah, it it's the, this whole decade is the decade where they want to uh, implement these plans, and by 2030, America is the greatest country on earth, is because we have these inalienable rights, and because. We have the ability to really buy land, take care of ourselves, fortify ourselves, defend ourselves. And that's why they're taking us into, that's why they're coming out and talking about these 15-minute cities. They're trying to herd people into these 15-minute cities. And that is why Trump came out and countered with freedom cities. So do you think that, do you think that maybe that this reality is going to exist for some people and then maybe an alternate reality or a different real we'll have like two timelines running parallel side by side we'll have the 15 minute cities we'll have the freedom cities we'll have people living in bondage and slavery we'll have people living in liberation and freedom these two timelines running side by side for a while i think they're already running side by side for a while and we saw like your shirt says those who did and those who didn't right so people have made a choice already and they're going to have to live with the consequences because the 15 minute city is a reality. You know, the first city in America who has proposed it in their city council and is getting ready to vote on it is Cleveland, Ohio. Cleveland, Ohio is just 45 minutes away from East Palestine. Right. Had this incredible. So in other words, come here, folks, we'll herd you here. And, And here's, here's the kicker in the bylaws of the 15 minute city. If you live on land that is toxic they can forcibly remove you and stack them and pack them in these 15-minute cities. And what that means is they want to get everybody just walking or riding a bike. And, and you only have about a 15-minute radius that you can go. If you own a car, you can't. You get the carbon credits. What a scam that is, right? So that they'll take away our vehicles and they'll, they'll – I mean, this is just the worst form of neo-fascism and coming down on us that uh, – is all part of the plan.
Do you think we see a 2024 election? Well, I guess it depends on how the Operation Bluebeam goes, because if they really scare the pants out of Americans, maybe they can call it off that way. I wouldn't be surprised if that was part of the script just to prevent Trump from stumping uh, his opponents and campaigning and, and winning an election that he won. That, that's that's why, Brad, I said before, this has to be done. This yeah. cannot be allowed to go that far. And I know I'm not the only one that believes that. Now, my my one of my last questions here for you is: So, where does Antarctica fit into all this? Are, is that our is that are those people going to help us? Are they going to assist us? Are they what what where does Antarctica fit in all this? And then, if they are good, if they are for the greater good of humanity, why is people like John Kerry visiting them? Yeah, John Kerry and King McCain. Carlos of Spain. Yeah, McCain, and they're Rock speaking and German, and they're speaking. <laughs> not a good. It's not very promising to me. So get this, right before I went down there four years ago, I'm pouring over the maps. I'm looking at all kinds of maps of Antarctica, study maps. I'm a cartographer myself. And David, the Germans never left the new Schwabenland area. You see the West German flag during the Soviet era right there in the land they claimed. They never left. And it said that they were given an old base of the reptilians. That was the new Berlin base. And another base was uh, base 211. So they're still there. There is a craft under the ice that I show in my presentation that in 2013, Google Earth let you see them excavating it. There's this massive craft that's a quarter mile long. And supposedly there are three of them in Antarctica. And they were nicknamed by the intelligence agencies, Nina Pinta and Santa Maria. Like the ship. Why all roads lead to Antarctica is because this is disclosure. And this could be the giant or the reptilian body Maybe the big discovery is going to be one of these crafts in Antarctica. Look, if Lester Holt's talking about a mothership in our solar system, it's not a far cry to imagine that they could roll something like this out. Right. And, and also, what, what about, and also let's talk about Argentina for a moment. Argentina has a lot of German towns there, correct? Oh, I, yeah, mean, it, I mean, I've heard that Hitler actually uh, fleed yeah. to Argentina and st- lived there for the, he lived out his life there and he died yeah. in like 1967 or something like that am i right yeah 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 there was a whole series also on history channel called hunting hitler and i went to a lot of these locations i'm very interested in this subject as well uh so one location is the eden hotel in la falda argentina which is just above cordoba the second largest city in argentina It was the Detroit of South America. It was the manufacturing hub with all this German money. And the German money man, Martin Bormann, the number two under Hitler at the very end of the war, he kept popping up all over the place in South America, financing this. Nino, do you know they they took out many metric tons of gold Mm. from Europe that they stole from all the countries? That all went on the U-boats to South America. Wow. They created these micro nations where you have you, you have to be invited to come in. They'll shoot your plane down if you try to fly in or over it. You can't get through the gates. They have complete control over some of these micro nations. I found at least two of them in Chile and Argentina that were all controlled by Germans. There, there's a joke in uh, Argentina I heard when I was down there because they basically wiped out all of their Native American populations. There's only 1% Native people in Chile and Argentina now. So the Argentinian people say, well, who are we then? And they're mostly Southern Europeans who migrated over there. So the joke is, we're Italians who speak Spanish, but wish we were as rich as the Germans. <laughs> still to this day, the Germans have all the money down there. Wow. So, uh, so let me ask you some of this too. Also, America has been successfully infiltrated by the Nazis through yes. Project Paperclip. And then Laura Eisenhower talked about some kind of a, a, a uh, is it a treaty or some kind of something yeah. that was signed in the 50s? What is it? Griotta Treaty. Was that with the Nazis, the Germans? Yeah, and and the reptilian greys, the the trading technology for being able to abduct, abduct. fly, and cattle. Was that her grandfather who did that, or was it? Uh, Great grandfather was Dwight D. Eisenhower. Now this is really important, and I'm publishing Laura's book called "Into the Truth Frequency." It's going to come out spring of next year, and she goes into the timeline 
when the UFOs flew over the Capitol, which I have pictures of it in my Beyond Esoteric right. book, that was when Truman was the president. And that was the new Schwabenland Nazis in those same craft that came up out of the water that confronted Byrd. And Truman signed surrender treaty to the Antarctic Germans, South American Germans too. We lost World War II. A lot of people don't know that. We lost it through this treaty. So when Dwight D. Eisenhower takes over the White House, he inherited the mess. You know, there was a time when he said, oh, you guys are backward engineering craft in Area 51? I'm going to take the first army and invade unless you let me go in there. They wouldn't let even the president of the U.S. go into Area 51. Wow. They worked so something out. Under, we've yeah. been under control by these beings in Antarctica this whole time. Yeah. All roads lead to Antarctica. You nailed it with that statement. It's really true. So we are at war with really Antarctica. And the, the beings that control it and that are operating under the ice. Now, I don't think they're all bad. But it, it's just the same thing with Mount Shasta is a neck of a volcano that goes down miles deep. There are benevolent ETs. There are malevolent ETs. There's also the military is in Mount Shasta. The whole eastern flank of Mount Shasta just signs U.S. military, private property, no trespassing. Same thing with Antarctica. Yes, there are no fly zones. But there are tourist zones, too, and that's what I went into, and that's what I want people to understand. You can go down there. The season just ended just right around now, but next November it starts up again, which is summer down there. So, yeah, the seasons of a spherical Earth all make sense, <laughs> and yeah. uh, I just, you can I'm go there. Way. You actually can. So this I just been... I hope Ben Fulford watches this, and we could talk about it if he wants to. I'd be happy to share this information too. There's just regions you can go and you can't go. I'd love to bring you on with Juan at some point. And uh, Juan's also said to me, you know, I have a lot of private conversations with Juan and I think he doesn't mind me saying this, but he does say all roads lead to Antarctica and there is constant, there's been a constant war with Antarctica and, and there's millions and millions of people, a civilization there. Yeah. What he's told me. I mean, I hope I don't, I mean, from what I understand, does that sound right to you? It sure is. And get this, right at the end of World War II, thousands of beautiful Ukrainian women were taken out and just disappeared. Where they went was Antarctica to be the spouses and wives of all the scientists who also went missing wow. at the end of the war, as well as all the high technology. You know, when the, the Soviets were the first to get to the Skoda Works, wow. which is in today's uh, Czech Republic, that's where they were doing their backward engineering. It was like the Area 51 to the Nazi Germany's, it was gone. And the the scientists who would not uh, escape or basically uh, surrender bullets in their heads. So, but so they, they took all, all the hot the chicks to Antarctica. <laughs> yeah, they took it all out of there, including the the, the most uh, important device they were working on called Diglaka or the bell, which was actually a time travel device as well. And there was a ve very famous... German general named Kammler, he went missing too, only to pop up 40 years later when the bell appeared in Pennsylvania in the 1980s. So mm -hmm. they were doing time travel experiments, and this Hans wow. Kammler was the main guy involved. I, I'm very interested in time travel. Uh, I grew up listening to Art Bell shows. I listened to all the stuff on time travel. I would love to get you on to talk about that at some point. Anytime. Are you, pretty, are you pretty versed on that? Very versed. I would yeah. love to talk about that. Because this, this is what I did, this three-book series, uh, first modern esoteric, future esoteric, beyond esoteric. It's all the subjects that have been withheld from humanity. But you're good with time travel? <laughs> yeah, you bet you I You can talk about that? Can I bring you on the show sure. again for that? Yeah, it's, it's a fascinating subject. And the laws, about these immutable laws, but there are workarounds sometimes. So, for example, the second law of thermodynamics, that everything winds down, a pendulum stops uh, spinning, a watch that you wind up will eventually stop working. But there are workarounds to some of these laws of physics that can allow zero-point energy or creating a gravity field. You see, UFOs are not flying through space. What they're doing is creating their own gravity field. So that's why when people say they see UFOs coming in for a landing, it's like a leaf falling off a tree. 
because they're just creating a gravity field and just coming down into the own field. And just in the same way, when they accelerate, they're creating their own gravity field as they accelerate into that field. That makes complete sense to me. That's how it's done. And so their bodies, is that why also their body, they're not big, like bulky bodies like what we have, right? They're more some are tall, some are more, big, some okay. are real small too. Yeah, the tall whites are seven, nine, ten feet tall sometimes. But they're frail, aren't they? I mean, they're not. It can be. See, our gravity on planet Earth is real solid. This is a very dense third dimensional planet. And so some races do have a hard time more with our gravity, but also the sun. So, for example, grays cannot be out in our sunlight. They're, they have often seen wearing these uh, little eye lenses. Remember the uh, famous Santilli alien autopsy video? He, they show them peeling off like a contact lens because they can't see or operate in our light. So there's things about Earth that are okay for us, but not okay for other races. How are they able to walk around and not be seen? Because I know that at the uh, Skinwalker Ranch, yeah. There's been video of them walking around and like people have caught them on the, like, how are they able to manipulate our, our senses and not be able to, we're not able to even detect them. Do you know? Yeah. They're, they're multidimensional beings. So they are able to phase in and out of our dense third dimensional reality, just in the same way that their craft, when they go hyperspeed, they do a 90 degree turn. Unlike anything our craft can do but what they're doing is going interdimensionally and that's why they just blip off the screen gone they're not really gone but we just can't see them because they're not in our time space continuum reality anymore yeah right man brad you, you've been an amazing guest i would love to bring you on for time travel man let's talk about this a little further in another segment uh where can people find you brad yeah if you want to know about me and my projects that i work on and uh, the conferences that I'm speaking at, and I'm at about a dozen this year, you go to bradolson.com and then my books, all the esoteric series, along with Michael Jaco, Leo Lyonzagami, and Laura Eisenhower is going to be joining us next year. That's cccpublishing.com. And if somebody wanted to get one of my books, I always uh, sign copies for people as I'll send you a copy uh, after the show. Please. Man, I, I this is you've been one of my favorite guests, man. So thank you, Brad, for coming on. This was awesome. It's explosive. I'll be putting this on NinosCorner.tv. I'll be sending it to my team at YouTube to make this fit YouTube. This will also go on YouTube and NinosCorner.tv. This is just too big not to. So thank you, Brad. Hey, you're very welcome, David. God Look bless you, sir. It again. You bet.